back to another episode of At the Devil's Ball, where we talk about horror and horror-related films in a positive, constructive manner. I'm Samuel Numbenay, and with me, as always, is my co-host and founder of The Feast, Nathaniel Johnson. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's uh, it's boiling hot in my apartment. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's actually kind of nice today in Cleveland, but, you know. Yeah, we've had 90-degree weather the last six oh, days. It's not going to be a long summer. Yeah, it could be. It could be. <laughs> But anyways, we're uh, continuing on with our Vampire Centennial, uh, looking back at 100 years of vampire movies in a very random and slapdash fashion, as we like to do. Uh, this week, we're doing uh, 2014's What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, probably, is this our first comedy? I feel like this might be our first straight comedy. Uh, um, we did, we've we done some comedic elements. We did hmm? Ghostbusters 2. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we that's, did... Um, I feel like we did. I mean, I know we did like our Halloween special on Halloween specials. A lot of those are comedy. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't know if we've done any actual like straight, straight comedies. Right. I feel like there was another one that was mostly comedy and I can't remember what. Um, Scrooged. We did Scrooged. Scrooged, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we don't do a well, lot. Yeah, not, not our first comedy, but, no. you know, we've done plenty. But anyways, we have uh, joining us today to talk about it is uh, Paul Stedman. Yeah. How you doing? Good. I would argue that um, Sleepwalkers is the first comedy we've covered <laughs> on. Yeah, here. It, it might have been funnier than Ghostbusters too. Um, <laughs> it might make more sense too. I don't know about that. But, right. Yeah. Um, but um, I have to. I have to confess, uh, I, um, Nathaniel. I do. I do feel you for the heat. We uh, in the house that we moved into a couple of years ago. One of the big things was having, uh, uh, you know, um, air conditioning. And it's like, I feel like, um, I feel like in dogma, whenever, what's his name goes and gets the, the demon yeah. gets the house and he's like, no greater sin, you know? And, <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's, I've been watching all, like, I'm like, I wonder what the poor people are doing today. I'm just looking outside watching everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. I have, I, you know, whatever. Like I, I can relate though, because before living here, there would just be days where it's like, you know, I, I didn't want to become part of the couch, but I guess I am now. Right. Yeah. 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 And it, and yeah, I think I grew up in a house without central air as well. And it's like you forget how how difficult it is to even think sometimes in, in a house when it's sweltering hot. That's the, actually the only reason I'm able or to sleeping. Can you sleep? Yeah. Yeah. The It's funny because the only reason I'm nav- I'm able to navigate this as well as I am is, be, uh, is because in Maine, um, mm-hmm. houses don't cut, you know, apartments and stuff don't have air conditioning. Right. Um, you know, the, the summers are, are considered mild. So they uh, but here in the Midwest, every place has it. Yeah. Um, but when in, in Portland, I mean, I grew up, you know, went 30 something years without air conditioning. So um, there is air conditioning in this building, but it much like everything else about this building, it sucks and doesn't work right. Yeah. Um, so it's um, it's like I but I rem- but I immediately snap back to being like, OK, this is like in Portland where I didn't have it and I can just kind of deal with it. Um, luckily I can deal with heat pretty well, but yeah, yeah th- there are occasional moments where as like Paul put it, it's like, well, Jesus, I am unbelievably sweaty. Right. It's really gross. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, right. As long as you have like, you, like as long as you have enough fans fighting it out, even if they don't even like feel like they're doing anything, as long as you have air moving, I think that's. Yep. I've got three yeah. and now right. I, I'm going to get one. I'm going to get another one um i'm gonna get a tower fan and uh so i've got one uh finally in my office after i recorded my first episode of horse funeral where i was like a few days ago where i was literally dripping while recording it 
I moved one of my smaller fans in here. So now I've got one like blowing directly on me. So I'm not dying while we do this, right. but, uh, but yeah, I got two more and then um, I'm going to get another one, maybe even two more uh, just simply for that reason, as long as I keep air moving and at least that the air conditioning in the, in the apartment doesn't work right, but it is blowing air. Right. So it's doing still something. Helping. Yeah. It's still helping with circulation. Like we can breathe up my, me and my cat can breathe. Okay. We're just right. really warm. Well, just to get get more and more fans and see if you can create like a system where one empowers the other. Yeah, like like uh, it's like the mirrors in the mummy. Yeah, like like the light bouncing off it, except it's air. Yeah, get enough to where you could just float a piece of paper perpetually between them all, and then you'll know you've hit the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, I've got the whole thing. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like the birth of like a really shitty Batman villain. Where (laughs) I need more fans. I I am I am the fan. I could find the Lagrange point of any fan. Yeah, I'm also yeah. And you could double, you could double whammy and be like Pat Oswalt in the movie The Fan. Like, you right. know, <laughs> yeah, I am, I am the fan. I'm also a really big fan of something, and uh, so I've got like double whammy. That's uh, funny. Yeah. So, but, Paul, you're a friend of the show. Um, yes. Thank you for coming back on again. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about what you're up to? Um, other than talking about the virtues of um, air conditioning in my house. Mm. Uh, right. And, um, uh, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I mean, I, um, I do two other podcasts because, you know, that's what happens that so you're like, I should start a podcast. Then the next thing you know, there's, you have eight of them going on at once. Oh yeah. yeah I'm getting there. Right. Yeah. I'm getting right. There. Uh, so yeah, I do invasion the podcast with co-host Steve. Uh, you'd, we, you know, get silly on there and talk about like, you know, some pop culture news, our weekends, you know, dig into that kind of stuff. But then future presentation, like what was, we just did this week. Uh, we talked about Dr. Strange and the multiverse right. of madness. Right. Uh, had a pretty good conversation there. And um, yeah, like it's always something different. Like we're doing our year of Carpenter this year. So we're going to be getting into, um, I think the one we're getting into next is the thing. So that's going to oh, be fun. Um, yeah. So that's been, that's been fun. Then the other thing that I do is uh, Strange Highways with my co-host Terry, where we've been watching the Twilight Zone uh, chronologically, um, uh, episode by episode. Uh, we've done the entire original series. We're past that. Um, we did do both. Well, the, the Paramount Plus series, both seasons of that have been covered on the show. Uh, and now we're into the 80s uh, Twilight Zone, which is um, different. Yeah. I'll just say that. Like, there's some good stuff in there. Like, like there's been the weird thing about it. And, I, and I'm not going to try to drag my show into your guys' show, but no, they're, they're, they're the first season or so was hour long episodes on the 80s series, but they were multiple segments. Okay. Meaning, you would think, oh, okay, that's like, you know, two 24 minute or 20 some minute segments. No, sometimes there's three. So you get like, oh, wow. a, like a 20 minute segment, like a 10 minute one. And then like, it gets weird. Yeah. And then like, so the, the problem that we were approaching, cause we, we've been watching this, you know, episode by episode. It's like, I don't want to cover like an hour long episode and try to cover three stories. Right. It gets a little, a bit much. Right. So we've been covering it by segments. So some weeks we'll have a 10 minute episode to talk about (laughs) ones like this week, we had a segment that was 40 and it's like, Mm -hmm. so it's a little weird. And eventually what what happens is that CBS loses faith in the twilight zone, which is funny because it seems to be the way every single time they have the series. Right. They come out big and then they can just kind of rethink it. They eventually uh, tell them, Hey, you got to just do half hour stories. And then they eventually just say, cool, these are just going to be half-hour episodes. So it's going to eventually even out, but it's been kind of lopsided 
going through and like some of the, like there's one segment we saw recently it was a William Friedkin directed segment called Nightcrawlers that's like just lights out like just a sledgehammer of a story it's amazing right. and then it's like so that gives us hope right but then we keep running into like weird things that I'm like I don't know how I feel about this but that's the Twilight Zone um, everybody holds it up as an amazing and it is but go back to the original series there's some um there's some not good stuff there too right. so it's just been uh it's been a little weird but that's kind of the twilight zone we've been having fun with it oh nice very cool are there any like uh little stories that are like you know the uh the last skit of saturday night live kind of weird um where they're just like what the hell's going on or well kind of i mean there yeah. there was one that had um oh, it was directed by tom lee wallace i think it was directed by him called dreams for sale it was one of the 10 minute segments right and um and it's basically a woman stuck in like a uh a virtual reality simulation uh, like a picnic so it starts off weird and kind of like oh this is kind of nice but it's, it gets glitchy audio wise and then she wakes up and like everyone's like oh you still have a few more minutes go back in and as she's back in mm -hmm. um like the whole thing kind of like fails around her so she's dying in the machine and everyone's like oh well whatever i'm like oh <laughs> all right and it's like this like this futuristic right. thing where people can buy time to have these dreams you know, if I like, could save time in a bottle. Yeah, right. Um, but it was like this weird thing. It was like 10 minutes. And then there's one we just did another one was 10 minutes where in the future, uh, this kid's turning 12, but it's the kid from over the top. It's the same, nice. uh, the same time too. And he's turning 12. He's going to take this government mandated exam. And he's like, don't worry, parents. I'll do really good about it. And they're like, just, mm, just keep this, you know, maybe maybe don't be so over eager about the test. And then uh, it turns out um, being really good at the test was the worst that you could possibly do. And it was 10 minutes. <laughs> it was like, wow. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I mean, it's the twilight zone where I think people remember that show for the twists and be like, Oh, it's amazing. As opposed to they swing yeah. for the fences often. Right. And I appreciate that. But um, what's, what's the baseball thing? Like if you, if you hit three, um, if you, uh, if you hit three out of 10, you're going to the mm -hmm. hall of fame. So I think right. it's kind of where, where the Twilight Zone is. Like, uh, they can't yeah. all be winners because I keep watching them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I feel like that's any anthology series. I mean, like, yeah. or even anthology films for that matter. Is like you end up with, like, segments that don't work as well. But everybody remembers the good stuff. It's like um, uh, Trilogy of Terror. Uh, I saw, like, a thing on uh, – I was watching some dumb talking head documentary, and someone's like, mm -hmm. Trilogy of Terror. Everybody remembers the Zulu doll. Right. There are two other segments. Yeah. Nobody remembers right. the segments. <laughs> um because they're not very good um but you know it's so you get that yeah you got like one segment that like everybody's like trilogy of terror is a great movie it's like actually there's about like six good minutes in the movie and then right. the rest of it is sort of yeah I, mean, I, I think the idea of anthology i mean i like the idea that you like especially with the twilight zone it can be whatever you say it is and i think that's kind of like it's it's a strength and weakness of it mm -hmm. um but you know, I, just all I know so far is that, like, uh, if people are like, well, the 80s series isn't as good as the 60s, it's like, well, maybe so. But, like, you can't tell me that they didn't approach the same way of, like, hey, we're going to see, you know, what sticks. Right. And we're going to bring some really interesting people in to try to, like, Robert Heinlein, uh, he does some uh, work in there, too. Uh, there's, um, oh, there's a lot of, like, big name people that end up working right. on the series. Uh, J it does it, um, J.R.R., um, you know, um, you know, Martin, George R. R. Martin, yeah, George R. R. Martin. R. R. Martin. Yeah. you know, the, the R.R. guy, he has a couple yeah. stories in there, too. So, like, there's oh, a lot of interesting cool. people that up writing for the 80s series as well. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so they, they knew well enough 
to know that that's an important aspect of the series. I think that's good, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. There's a lot there that I don't remember growing up watching. I mean, I like I was like, what, uh, seven or eight years old when it first came out. And I my mom would watch it. And there's a couple segments that I do, do really remember as a kid that terrified me. And I we've not gotten to those yet. So I'm wondering how well those have held up or it was just me being a terrified kid. Right. Wasn't there one with like a, a lady got like a stopwatch that can stop time or was that amazing stories? Um, no, that's actually there. It wasn't a it was a necklace. It was the second segment oh, okay. of the first episode. The, Sim- the Simpsons, the Simpsons did the watch right uh, as a parody of the episode. Yeah. Well, that's, there's, there's that's the only things. one that I remember from the first run through, like from watching when it was on. That was the only segment I remember. Uh, well, in the original series, there was a certain well. kind of stopwatch. So oh, that right. you had the guy, it was littered from community. That was actually the actor in that episode. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, actually, nice. It's, it's a really annoying episode, but I'm like, oh, at least he went on to do community. So right. he had to watch, he could stop time. But then there's the one, and what you're thinking of, Samuel, mm-hmm. is called A Little Piece of Quiet. It was directed by yes. Wes Raven, where she, she finds an amulet that looks like a sundial. And then she wow, says, stop and everything can stop. And then you find out that, you know, that means the whole world stops for good and for bad. Right. It's actually, it's actually a nasty little segment. I liked it. I did. That was the only one I remember from the first run and, and watching it as a kid that freaked me the hell out. I remember that. Yeah. So it, there's some good stuff there. So uh, anyway, we're only seven episodes in though. We felt, I feel like we've been covering it already forever just because we've been covering it like, story segment by segment right it's almost like that bit like the old mickey mouse cartoons where you see him and goofy they're all poor and they take like the one pea and they slice it (laughs) keep like they're trying to the jack and the beanstalk fast it's like because i'm like we only have three more seasons of this how can we like not stretching for content but it's like how do we give it its time but it's like sometimes you get 10 minutes sometimes you have 40 minutes talking about this dumb hallmark bullshit that that anyway (laughs) yeah that's it's it's fun well, yeah, so check that out, people. It's uh, I've listened to a few. I listened to both of the season, the CBS seasons, and I've listened to some episodes here and there of uh, Strange Highways, and they're they're all very good. And um, of course, uh, Invasion of the Podcast is is amazing as well. It's just yeah, and you guys have had fun. Steve Perry on here before, too. right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. All, all all three of you are great. We we love having uh, any of you at any time. Uh, so you always are great right. guests and, uh, and are very, very intelligent. And Paul's got a really good radio voice too. I think, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, uh, I sent away for it when I was a kid. I was, right. a, it was one of those magazines. It was like either, yeah. either get like muscles so I can kick sand in guys' mm-hmm. faces or just get the voice. So did that you was, sell, did you sell salves or, uh, uh, <laughs> I, know, I, the grit. Yeah, I had subscriptions to Grid. I also went around and trying to balance people's humors uh, <laughs> to make sure right. <laughs> we're uh, we're dating ourselves now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, humors, like, what is that from like the 1800s? Yeah, I think we're predating yeah, yeah. ourselves. Yeah, right. yeah, well, yeah, it was before us, but yeah, right. yeah, like back in the but back in the day. Yeah. The so old, anyways, you bought old comics, you would find uh, these these ads that were like sell salve door-to-door seeds too were big you could sell like right. sunflower seeds and uh you would and you get prizes the more you sell right it was like dumb stuff like x-ray specs and like but uh, then they would have like a bicycle or like or... operational <laughs> firearms uh, right like yeah <laughs> like, you, we'll, we'll send you we'll send you a rifle um, right yeah but but yeah it was uh back in back in the old days <laughs> <laughs> The olden times. 
<laughs> Anyways, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, um, that's our movie this week. Yeah, one of gonna, my favorite comedies. So I was, was going to mention you guys to... are doing the vampire thing right now, and I got to. Right. I don't know if you remember last year, mm-hmm. I stumbled into an invasion of the podcast. We stumbled into uh, doing like a like a month of vampire related stuff, and I called it Pale Boy Summer. Um, <laughs> so I was hoping that nice. you guys were doing like a Pale Boy Summer kickoff right. as well. So I thought that was very appropriate that I kept seeing vampires, vampires, vampires. I'm like, oh, they're doing Pale Boys too. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ours were more for the uh, anniversary of uh, Nosferatu, but I like Pale Boy Summer. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm a pale but ruddy boy myself. So, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like I mean, Stu. I've got the. Uh, you, you didn't cover Zoltan down of Dracula though, so I think you're missing out on. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, continue. You're about to talk about the movie, and I'm I'm interrupting. Yeah, let's, uh, That's what I do. Um, let's do the vital stats, and we'll just sure. get right into it. Sure. So this movie was written and directed by Jermaine Clement and uh, Teiko Watiti. Um, Teiko Watiti, of course, has gone on to become, uh, uh, for better or worse, a major uh, filmmaker uh, doing the Thor franchise with MCU. Um, right. They also both star in the film as Vladislav and Viago. Uh, we also have Corey Gonzalez Makur uh, as Nick, Johnny Brew as Deacon, Stu Rutherford as Stu. Uh, playing himself, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about. Yep. Um, Bren Francham as Peter, Jackie Van Beek as Jackie, and Elena Stajeko as Pauline. Uh, the Beast. The Beast. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it. Uh, that's kind of the vitals for it. Uh, came right. out in 2014. Um, it was uh, uh, an interesting uh, film because I remember, I remember seeing it um, very early on, uh, shortly after it got released, and nobody had heard of it. I remember being like going to, right. like I used to hang out at a goth club at the time, and I remember being like, "Hey, you guys should check out this, you know, movie." And they were like really dubious about it because they thought I was talking about some like exploitation horror film. Oh, right. And I'm like, "No, all you, all you silly goth kids will probably dig the hell out of this movie." And they were like, right. I, don't, "I don't know, man. I don't know." And then like six months later it's the big, it's like this huge film. And I'm like, I told you, and they, they did not acknowledge that I had told them that I was. Of course not. Yeah. They, they discovered it. Not you. (laughs) They'll go talk to other people about their film recommendations. They don't want to hear it. But but yeah, it was, it was, it was an under the radar film until it wasn't. And uh, is my point. And um, when it first came out, it was sort of like this thing that was talked about here and there. And then it became Mm -hmm. a smash hit. I think in many ways. I don't know about the right. box office, but uh, it did not do well uh, in New Zealand. Um, they canceled its release in America until they got a successful like Kickstarter campaign to, to bring it to a few theaters here and there, and then it went went on to become like the most pirated movie of the year um, because it didn't that's, have much of a release. That's how I saw it. Right. Yeah. I think I think me too, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Oh, you yeah. guys are doing your dark biddings on the internet. Yes. Leave me to do my dark bidding on the internet. Yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, it's it's almost the definition of a modern cult film in that way, where it didn't catch out of the theaters, but all of a sudden, you know, this groundswell of people caught it. Uh Paul, how did you see it? Did you pay for this movie or did um, you, I uh... did not. I just also okay. want to shout out to uh Reese Darby as the head of the oh, square yeah Sorry, yeah i just i you know i i i didn't realize it was like I, it took me a while to come around to him 
but I, I, right. I love Reese Darby. But yeah, he's so good in this for like the limited time he has. But no, I was uh, working at a Blockbuster at the time. So when it finally got a, like a release there, um, right. I just remember reading about, I think I read reviews on the Onion AV Club. Like mm. that, or even back then, I'll even have to say this aloud. Ain't it cool news? Probably talking right, about right. it. Um, you know, so I, I it was on my radar, and you know, I'm I'm like I'm always down for a good mockumentary, right. like um, one of my favorite uh, films of all time. Like it's is, is Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, and I adore that film. So yeah, give me give me a smart mockumentary, and I'm right. in. And I remember watching this. Uh, uh, with with my now wife uh, together for the first time and just like having a ball. It's like not sure what to expect, just knowing it was a comedy, but also right. realizing that it doesn't shy away from some of like the more horrific elements of what would be going on. And actually, right. an emotional through line, which I think yeah, there's a couple of scary scenes in here. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, and I think also this film kind of kind of predates a lot of what we now have, where there's that kind of bittersweet. Or, right. or sweet and sour, I should say, where we get with our comedy, where we have some good highs and some and some low lows, just so we could appreciate both. Right. It was kind of, you know, like kind of where things were kind of going with the comedy taste before people realized it. Right. I, the reason I, I watched this was because I was a huge fan of uh, Flight of the Concords. So I, I was... I've n- still never seen that. I need to. Oh, I, know, I know. I know. Yeah. Like, yep. I, um, I, I didn't... Uh, I didn't particularly care for Flight of the Concords. Mm-hmm. I um, I uh, I feel a little badly because I'm probably gonna end up being that guy again because I'm not that big on this film. Um, mm-hmm. I I like it fine, <laughs> but um, and I feel kind of bad. I felt kind of bad because like Sam was telling me, you were telling me like what we were gonna do this month, and you were like, and, like Nosferatu. I'm like, yeah, Bram right. Stoker's Dragon. I'm like, yeah, what right. we do in the shadows. Like, oh, okay. Uh, and then you were like, uh, and then you were like, uh, and then you were like, uh, you were like from dusk to dawn. I'm like, yeah. All right. All right. Um, but yeah, like the uh, I'm like, oh, uh, and I could tell you were really excited about. What oh we're my doing. god! I, <laughs> this is part of my ongoing series of trying to. Um, since Jen Jen doesn't like mockumentaries for the most part, um, uh, she doesn't like she doesn't like what we do in the shadows. So I've I've told her that it's my mission in life to explain every joke to her in what we do to the shadows, <laughs> both the movie and the film, until yeah. she knows it all, anyways, or the movie and the TV series. Yeah. So um, she's in the other room right now. So every time I explain a joke, I hope she's listening. <laughs> but yeah, I um, I mean, I don't dislike the movie. But when you were like, what you were like, okay, so we're gonna do what we do in the shadows, and I was like, right. can we get what? Do I have anything to say on what we can do right. in the shadows? And mm. sorry. sorry, go ahead. No, Come I just on. I I you were saying something, and I was butting in. That's I that's this is your show, not my show. So please talk. I, well, you can butt in. You can go ahead and butt in. You guys have been doing like this, like looking through the hundred years of you know vampires and stuff. And I think what I what I think would draw you to this, even though it is satire, you could tell these guys do their homework. Oh yeah, especially with the way that they do the four different types of segmentation of the era when these all these guys all have become vampires. Yeah, Um, you know, having like the Nosferatu in the basement, which you know, having Peter down there, you know, not sweeping up all the skeletons. Uh, (laughs) Like that was when I first saw this, I enjoyed that gag of like, oh, you actually went back to the original. Yeah, you have that archetype, and then you also have um, you have uh, uh, Takawati's character, which kind of is a little reminiscent of like the um, interview with the vampire. Yeah, Louis. uh, Yeah, Yeah, right. Right. Character. Yeah. And then Vladislav, the you know the poker, um, right. you know, it's like and it's like and then we have um, you know Deacon trying trying to be a lost boy, 
Right. I mean, I know they directly reference it, but it's like you kind of get like I like that they they took these different slices of what we know as like the right. vampire, yeah. like you know, um, I don't know, uh, uh, the, the, the canon, and they're right. able to kind of all still kind of make it work together because yeah, these the, if these people were well undead for as long as they would, they would have to cross paths, right? Right. So I think but, that kind of typing I think would probably appeal to you at least in terms of the movie history. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that's why I thought it was a good fit for this because I wanted to do a bunch of different styles of vampire films, and this one is very representative of, you know, a lot of different styles put together and how how they would play alongside each other, like you said. Yeah, well, in one way, it's what's interesting about this. What does interest me about this movie is that aspect, and that it's. Um, it also it's something almost like this is the death of the vampire movie in a lot of ways too though right. like they're like you can't now you kind of can't do scary vampires anymore ever again um now that they've right. satirized it i mean i guess you could give it a shot and i'm sure uh, i'm sure people will uh although oh, sure. not anymore since hollywood has basically canceled every dracula every vampire movie coming out in the wake of morbius's flop right uh, which is interesting that they the lesson they took away from that was um it's certainly not because we put jared leto in a soulless <laughs> superhero cast well, the lesson they take is never don't make a bad movie the lesson they take is we can't make this kind of movie because we're not gonna make vampire movies anymore because right. uh nobody goes to see them they're like well no they didn't want to go see some like soulless comic book uh tie-in that nobody asked for starring right. a guy that no one wants to see anymore um <clears throat> but sure it's the vampires that's the problem um, but no, I mean, it's, it's as a, and that's why it does fit well into what we're doing this month is because if we wanted to talk about the stages of the vampire, uh, the parody is where it ends up, I think. Right. And um, even though we're doing it out of order, but um, you know, the, uh, with our film next week from Dustal Dawn is, um, is, a, is, a, a, is another attempt at kind of, uh, of bridging construction or construction yeah um but this movie is going to be like we're going full-on parody but we're also going to as as paul mentioned we're going to acknowledge uh where we've been and um and to the point where they even have nick uh i'm the main guy i'm twilight from twilight right um, <laughs> twilight yeah um you know where they're outright referencing uh where the vampire right. genre has ended up right um and uh, so, I mean, that's all, that's all very interesting. My, my issue with it is that, and the reason why I'm like, uh, what I started to talk about is that like, yes, there's all that deconstructive elements, but, and the reason why I kind of don't particularly care for Taika Waititi mm -hmm. is there's not a lot of story or character, I think, involved. Mm -hmm. um, it's very difficult to analyze comedy anyway, I think, other than the, sure. like, it's funny. Right. Like, and that's what I worried about is that like, we've already done it like four or five times in the time we've been talking of how fast does it just degenerate into quotation right um but uh i i mean i do appreciate the film for its aspect of we're going to poke fun at vampires and we're going to acknowledge the history of vampires but ultimately uh, i i'm glad paul is here so i i have there's less pressure on me to, <laughs> to, to engage but uh but no i mean like i i do like the film um, and so where, uh, where, where should we start and break it down? I've already, I've already threw a wet blanket on it. So, uh, so can I, can I ask a couple questions here? That, Cause I want to shotgun mm -hmm. stuff out here. So one, what's the name of that one? Uh, it's the mockumentary. Was it Leslie Vernon? 
the behind the mask what's it called yeah behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon that's like you know that's like 50 percent of a pretty solid mockumentary and then it's kind of turned it's it's still solid right yeah um nathaniel how do you feel about that being kind of a deconstruction of like the slasher because it's it's almost the same formula like there's a film crew they're following a guy around it turns out like oh wait you know maybe he's been the one like leading them on to the setup like him being the guy that's going to go after all of them anyway you know like I think that's kind of that, like that too. I, I, so I don't know if that's that film sits with you better. It does. Yeah. Uh, it does. And uh, we covered that a while, a while back. Um, and what, yeah, it, but that movie, I thought, you know, like, unlike, I almost feel like to a degree, like, like Rise of Leslie Vernon or Drop Dead Gorgeous or right. uh, This is Spinal Tap uh, have a bit more of a <clears throat> specific, specific, ugh specific god damn it Uh, yes yeah um yes it's more specific uh in the way it wants to i can't believe i can't say that word um they uh that they had a a way more of a point to make i think there's a lot more story in that um and and honestly i mean i and i don't want to make it sound like i like what boy i really don't don't like what we do in the shadows and i don't like fun Mm. because i do um, but, uh, uh, but I mean, I, I hated Thor Ragnarok, um, and for, a, but then there's a reason. And the reason for that is the same reason why what we do in the shadows so what leaves me cold is that because it's, there's not a lot of story going on. There's not, mm-hmm. a, it's just a series of sketches that are sort of put together. Whereas I feel like Rise of Leslie Vernon or Drop Dead Gorgeous or those other mockumentary films have a narrative through line mm-hmm. that, um, that really is getting at something uh, a little bit more meaningful uh, mm-hmm. versus uh, versus take us stuff, which is very like, we're going to have a lot of fun here, but we're not really going to talk about anything, all that. Well, that, that's fair enough. I would say if you've not seen Jojo Rabbit, you should check that out. That movie, yeah. it's, it's, it's solid. Right. And it's, it's, you know, I mean, my God, you have him playing, you know, the imaginary friend version of Hitler for this kid. Yeah, right. And, you know, if you don't think that that isn't going to take a hard turn, then, you know, I don't know what to tell people out there. But, like, you know, all the fun Hitler movie, you know. Yeah, uh, right. You know, of of the of the two out there, you know, no. Um, yeah. So, but then the other thing too, you made a comment about how like once something becomes parody, it's hard to like make a serious thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Cause like once everybody's like, you know, it, it becomes ironic to a certain point, but right. if that was the case, then we, I don't think we would have any slasher movies past Scream ever right. again. I don't think we would ever have like, like I think it kind of keeps going back and forth. And when you guys are doing From Dust Till Dawn, that's a genre mashup, which is wonderful. Um, but it also feels like, like, I feel like, like Italian cinema, like the sixties and seventies proved that you could take things and twist them and smash them and come up with so many different outcomes that no, they're not all great, but they're going to be interesting. And then from that, you breed different things too. So I don't know. Maybe to me, to to your example of scream, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, no slasher film ever got made after scream that wasn't tainted by scream though like it's now they're all self-referential well would you call something like high tension like a slasher film mm, yeah i suppose uh it doesn't quite follow this the, the traditional uh slasher uh formula but yeah, yeah it's it's close enough yeah so i mean i i guess i mean i i understand what you're saying because like the moment something right. becomes so like widespread it's like okay we're over that yeah. but i would just i would say that because something gets so exposed that gives some, some people like um like oh like Edgar Wright 
uh, with like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, your mileage may vary with that. I love that movie, but mm-hmm. it's like he, he, you can tell he, he loves like, you know, those films. Yes. Right. He, he, you can tell he absorbed a lot of it. And he was like, here's what I want to do with it. And because of what he did with it, yeah, it is a comedy, but it does its own thing. And over time, it's become its own thing, you know, where people mm-hmm. now are like, oh, well, you can't do that because Shaun of the Dead did it. I don't know. I right. just think that. I think there's going to be always different ways to skin the cat, you know? And no, I, I, yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. Yeah. But I, it's, but I mean like the vampire in general, it's kind of been, it's, it's sort of part of the point of what we're talking about is the vampire in general has become watered down. Right. Um, that uh, it's actually really hard. I mean, now like, again, to, you know, mention Morbius, well, now we got a superhero one too, um, which we've kind of done in the past, but I mean, like uh, it's, it's, I, th- well, I mean, and, and it's not what we do in the shadows responsibility or fault that the vampires are watered down. They were watered down well before this. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like my, my point, it, it's not so much that what we did in the shadows is going to make it like you can't make scary vampires anymore. Cause that was that ship that kind of already sailed. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, they are, they're so cliche that maybe, maybe more accurate to say, this movie is actually a result of vampires being watered down. Uh, and now you can make uh, this goofy uh, right. mockumentary style uh, bit about vampires because they're so vulnerable to satire, if that makes sense. Well, that's fair. I mean, I think there's yeah. a lot of things going on now with uh, there's a, there's a lot of um, and this is not the same thing, but a lot of like uh the, the um exploration of like the werewolf trope and a lot of like there's a lot of things going on now. like there's a lot of a24 um right. like release films that are kind of dealing with a lot of that and i, and I, I think that's always fascinating because again give me something different or i should say not different but like you know show me your approach and i appreciate yeah. that and the same thing i'm sure there's going to be different ways to uh, approach vampires too there was a film i was going to point out to you guys i'm sure you've probably seen it actually came out a couple years before this uh daybreakers have you guys mm-hmm. seen daybreakers yeah yeah, I think so. like it's not perfect, but no. that that gives you a like a different take on vampires in the modern age of like, well, what if this has happened? Yeah, all right, well, what like we're all vampires now? How can we make right. money off of it? Right. You know, like that's you know, like the, the third act of that gets a little weak, but that whole film is fascinating to me because they build an entire world around. Well, we're all vampires now. What do we do? You <laughs> right. know? Like, um, so I think I think there's still you know for. There's life left in it, yeah. Yeah, for, there's there, there's still one life left in this this uh, <laughs> this thing. I think. Well, yeah. also, I'll, I'll throw this out here too. I'm sorry, I'm dominating. Yeah. One of the films I watched for the first time last year during my Pale Boy Summer was Near Dark. I had never seen that. Oh, before. I love that. I I know I really late to the game, but that's right. very kind of a different vampire movie, you know. And right. um, yeah, you know, it's like it's showed me like oh shit that you can still kind of do this tragic romance stuff right. and make it work. You know, and I still think I, I, you know, I think there's like I think you could we can blame Stephanie Meyer more for everything getting ruined than I would think something like parody, you know. Maybe, um, maybe yeah. I, I, I think Stephanie Meyer is a little bit more in line with what you're talking about in terms of experimentation. I mean, she made actually a vampire that um, we'd never seen before, and and but rather than that, like a walk around the sun and turn into diamonds because he's so hideous, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, she actually, well, the, the way the set, the way the vampires are set up in Twilight is that they are, uh, they, they have the, the venom and what happens is the venom mm-hmm. turns them to stone. They're petrified 
individuals that can walk and talk and do things. And that it's like, and she came up with this from like a dream she had in which a boy sparkled in sunlight. And she said, well, how do I make that work? And rather than go, actually, she just kind of made a unique vampire. Everybody went, that's not how you do vampires. Um, And it's, it's like, and I I went, that's not how you write a book, but you know, I I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's true either. I think Uh, if you say, if you say, if you, I have plenty of ideas from dreams. Um, that I no, would. no, I meant I meant her 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 prose was her actual ability oh, yes, to write a book. Yes, she's, yeah, not a, yeah. she's no, yeah, no, and then that way I'm in agreement with. I mean, and there's a lot of other problems with Twilight. Um, you know, but um, and it's problematic as hell, and there's a lot right. of things going on in Twilight. But my point is that actually Stephanie Meyer created an original a vampire. new kind of vampire, right? Yeah, and instead was being told vampires don't sparkle, real vampires don't sparkle. There's no real, real vampire. Real, yeah. like, I love that. It's like let's not right. what really happens. I'm like, what? <laughs> You know, yeah. you can always look to fandom to get pedantic and stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The- but I'm like, you know, actually, that's right. her her vampire setup is actually pretty clever in, in yeah. some ways. It's very different. But I'm like, but nobody wanted to talk about that. They wanted to be like, no, vampires have to burn in sunlight, even though the kind of the OG didn't. No, he right? didn't. Yeah. yeah He's just less powerful. Right. Yeah. yeah. Dracula did not. Dracula just was powerless in the sun. He didn't, right. he didn't have any aversion to it. Um, but no, I mean, and I think that, and I think, so, I mean, to that, to that respect, Paul, I think you're right that, yeah, you can always find new ways to sort of try to reinvent it. Maybe you'll be successful. Maybe you won't be. Um, and, uh, and in this movie, so that, I mean, maybe, maybe I should amend my statement to mean that maybe this movie was, it kind of cleanses the palate, right? You know, maybe, maybe what, maybe it's a bit more accurate thing to say that um, you can't make a vampire movie the way you used to anymore Mm -hmm. because of what we do in the shadows like maybe it's like well now we can't really do bram stoker's dracula again we can't do nosferatu again uh you know because david Akers is going to argue with you about that i think after the fourth one i think it's the second Uh, film right i i don't think that movie's going to get made now uh because unfortunately the northman uh is a unfortunately was a commercial bomb well, we'll we'll see how the the digital portion of it goes, right? Maybe because okay, yeah. I know for me, I didn't get a chance to go see it. Um, but it's very I, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, I I saw the lighthouse. I, I think I was one of the few people right. that was like, eh. But uh, <laughs> I do want to see the Northman, you know. Um, but yeah, the, it, the Northman's more the the Northman is is far more accessible than the lighthouse. <laughs> I hope so. Right. Yeah. Um, how 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 often does Willem Dafoe fart in the Northman versus uh, <laughs> yeah. the lighthouse? Uh, like, once only I, once or twice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yes, it's uh, but yeah, I mean it's but unfortunately the movie did uh, it cost like seventy million dollars to make it. It made like fifty. Right. So um, it's uh, it's kind of a commercial flop. And then at the same time, as I already mentioned. Vampire movies, all these vampire movies are getting the axe now. One of which, uh, Karen Kasama's uh, Dracula fixture was cut mm-hmm. um, literally a week before they were about to start shooting. Um, right. uh, the studio pulled the plug on it because Nos- because Morbius failed. And they well, were like, well, vampires don't work anymore. We're still getting that Renfield movie. Renfield, yeah. We're all getting uh, Renfield. That, yeah. that, one, that one was already in production. I think so, right. But Nick Cage life. as Dracula is going to save us all. I was going to say, he'll come out and save us. Yeah, yes. Probably, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, maybe it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, so I'm not sure if, if uh, that uh, Robert Eggers film is going to get made. Um, I hope it does, but uh, I would love to see his take on it. Um, right. And, but yeah, I mean, but that would also be, uh, 
I think that would still fit to what I'm talking about because obviously Robert Eggers is gonna is not gonna make a vampire movie the way it used to be made. Right. Um, it's going to be him screwing with it. I mean, obviously they got a, they got another Salem's Lot coming out too, mm-hmm. I guess. And I'm wondering if they're gonna keep the Toby Hooper version or not because uh, I I doubt it, but I, yeah. I mean I could be wrong. Yeah, because in in the Toby Hooper version, it's it's directly Nosferatu. Um, well, yeah, but because they made he made that decision, which is not the way the book is. The no, book, it's not right. the book. It's not yeah. that way. No. Yeah. So it depends on whether or not they're adapting the book or if they're making remaking the movie. Um, but um, which but there's unlike, no way of knowing. Yeah, which I just found out Salem's Lot apparently is even going to happen. It's what's like Fire Firestarter came out this weekend, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that movie existed until a week ago. Like they <laughs> right. just, there was like no marketing, and according uh, supposedly there's a reason for that because the reviews are saying it's abysmal. Um, that the new Firestar movie is bad. I haven't seen I've it. I've heard it doesn't do anything different is what I've heard is that it's just pretty much like you've seen, it doesn't yeah. do anything unique versus right. the original. The only thing I'm seeing is people are like, Zac Efron's playing dads now. And I'm like, oh, well, that's that's time. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. time time works in that direction. Eventually um, he'll become bad grandpa or whatever that, <laughs> dirty, dirty yeah. grandpa or whatever it was called. Right. Dirty uncle, right. I don't know what the name of that movie was. <laughs> dirty uncle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dirty uncle. I don't know what it was that's, called, but uh, Dirty Grandpa, I think. But yeah, um, that, I don't know. I, I, I still think like, well, any everything, it's like, you know, give it a rest. Somebody will come up with a new take. And and, yeah. that, and you know how that goes right. with trends, right? Like, oh, shit, this is what's in vogue now. And like, you know, they're going to chase everything, right? Like, um, yeah. you know, uh, just just to how like, you know, um, somehow they gave Villeneuve like Blade Runner and it's like that's going to be the thing now and it's like I didn't do so well but it's like he's right. already on the dune and it's like and there's still going to be like you know some of this like people are going to start chasing some of that harder sci-fi and you're going to have um oh um that everything everywhere all at once which I know you you had seen and Nathaniel yeah. I know that did well for some people I know some people are over the moon about some aren't yeah you're going to start finding more there's going to be more multiverse movies coming right. oh for sure yeah for you sure. know and- it's like this is the way trends are so someone's going to come up with a clever vampire approach and there's going to be something else to be said that's that's what i think i mean there's no new ideas ever there's just different ways of approaching it that is true i think that we have reached uh reached the point and people like to say that derisively about hollywood be like there's no original ideas anymore i'm like there haven't been for 30 years i don't know where you guys have been right like, even you know, before that like yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. i mean no. like you can't you you you're you know i remember going to see mother uh mother with a question with an explanation point um <laughs> like you're like a question mark a lot of people feel the same way about that i've not seen it right. I, feel like, mother? I, I i love the film but uh, the thing is, is i remember watching it and then uh, the the uh friend i was with said i think we you know may, might be an example of an original movie and i went no that's just the bible honey um, it's just it's just the bible toned from the perspective of of the earth instead of god and people and but she's like but yeah but i was like no it's it's not original it's just an idea that he's done in a different way um you know it's um it's i didn't actually call her honey um but <laughs> I, god i hope not. i'm not yeah i'm not that i'm not that kind of guy yeah you took um, a scotch you smoked yeah. your uh, your cigarette you said toots listen it's the bible Listen, listen to us. Um, I'm trying to do my Don Draper, but now I'm laughing, so I can't really do it. But yeah, I'd be like, you know, no, you can't go out there. I told my men, you never call chicks broads. (laughs) Yes. 
Yeah, I was wearing my gray suit and I got my scotch and my cigarette and was just like, you know, just your lunch of uh, clams and uh, scotch and then walked up six flights of stairs. Yeah, I know. Just just, you just shut your mouth Uh, (laughs) uh, and let me tell you about mother. Okay, but um, no, I uh, but no, I mean, but it was like I was like, well, it's not really original idea. It's just it's just an idea that uh, that uh, a different way of approaching it. Um, that I'm not sure an original film is even possible anymore. Like there's there, that a new, a new idea, um, everything's been invented that can be invented. It's sort of like, I remember a friend of mine once lamenting years ago, he was like, I wish I lived, uh, you know, hundred years ago or 200 years ago or whatever, where you could still explore and find something that and find some place that no one else has ever been. And I'm like, that's, and I was like, actually, that's a pretty good analogy for life in general, that everybody's gone anywhere we can go on this planet. There's no new, there's no new frontier unless you want to go up or down, which um, unless you're a billionaire, that's the only way you're going to go. Right. Um, But, uh, you know, James Cameron will go down and uh, the rest of the idiots will go up and they might find new stuff there, but we're not going. Um, we're not invited unless we want to become um, Elon Musk's indentured servants. But um, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, fuck, fuck Elon Musk. But um, but yeah, uh, but yeah. I mean, I'm rambling now. But yeah, it's, it's, oh, no, it's, I just like so. Okay, so something like what we do in the shadows doesn't hmm. doesn't hit you like, like so. I'll say watching it again. It's my first time watching the movie since I saw it originally, mm-hmm. and I, I enjoyed it. I do like I, um, you know, I ended up buying it digitally because we didn't actually own a physical copy. It's like nine bucks to own on Amazon. So right. why not? Speaking of overlords, right? You know, right? Um, but uh, and I, I think and and and, and uh, Samuel when he reached out to me to talk about this, I was like, well, let's not talk about the TV series, you know, because I did because I'm not caught all the way up yet. Yeah. I will say though, you could tell that whatever is going on here, that they had ideas and it gets sharper and more in focus when you get into the TV series. Oh, for think, sure. Like oh, yeah. I, this movie, I think is a delight, but the TV series, it's like it's almost like, and this is this is not this is a weird backwards compliment, like a backhanded compliment to this movie. Mm-hmm. This is the vegetables that you have to eat to get to the dessert that is the TV series. Right. Is that I think is that a good analogy? Because one. Yeah. Like I think their archetypes there are a little bit more. They're a little, little bit like they're more entertaining to me, um, especially one person in particular. We won't, we won't get into who that is, but um, but also they get more time to kind of exist because it's a. Well, long- no, now I got to ask who it is. Oh, it's uh, you know it's it's uh, uh, Mark. Uh, oh, okay. Yep. Uh, my boyfriend mark Proksh. yeah and his his character his name is it's shit what's this they use his full name all the time right colin robinson colin robinson yeah. is such energy vampire energy vampire he is such a unique take uh i think you appreciate that his his type of vampirism uh is completely different than the rest of them hmm. and it's it's a delight to watch how he interacts with the other ones um and uh, and just how they're all different too, and then how how you find out how that that series actually ties into the movie, and how like there's this bigger world, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just but you give them a chance to let them kind of exist, and you see their day to day stuff going on. Uh, there's a familiar in there there named Guillermo that is uh, you know he he has a whole storyline there too, mm-hmm. and then um, and I'm not all the way caught up either, but there's that spinoff series that happened with the two cops in this film called yeah, Well Paranormal, that it's kind of hit or miss, but it's so. I just feel like New Zealand people are just so earnestly nice 
that no matter what goes on around yeah. them, like, oh, well, that's mildly convenient. Okay, whatever. And that ties back a couple times to the to the movie as well. Um, yeah, Nick has a couple. Nick has a couple of appearances on there, and you know, a few, a few other people. I just, but I also like that there's the bit whenever they have the cops there walking around where they're in the basement and they see everything going on and then they get that's my favorite part of the they get like movie. mind wiped to see like smoke detectors but then right. uh, the deacon's like we should kill them and and Vlad's like no 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 let's see what they say about safety things first yeah, <laughs> like, right then like, we can kill there's them. a whole bit where he's like oh I'm more concerned about oh shit we should have smoke detectors right. to actually watch out yeah. like he's like I'm kind of interested in all these violations before we kill and, them and that's kind of where where we we're not seeing the forest for the trees because there's also like you know on top of this whole vampire thing there's there's a whole story going on about just you know being flatmates and yes um interpersonal relationships i forgot that, about know, the chores. even if they weren't vampires would be interesting because yeah. they have you know the cool new friend and the other guy's jealous of them and you know it's... Doing, not doing dishes for five years <laughs> right. that was like funny. vampires don't do dishes yeah and then the whole thing of like when you have Vlad being like oh i drug that body through the hall and i picked right. up all the dust so it's kind of like sweeping <laughs> yeah like, right. what is going on um so yeah and these just, are like the least able to live live as actual people than maybe like the blues from the rest of development you know they're just so out of touch with anything yeah so i will say that i think um like jermaine clint and uh, taika waititi i think they have a sense of family mm -hmm. with the things they approach um and i think that's also a big thing that permeates a lot of the media now is that we're all in this generation now that the people creating realize mm -hmm. that the family is who you choose not who you have to right. related to yeah and i think we're seeing that more and more and I know Nathaniel, you talk about like a lot of the comic book movies. I know that's a repeated theme over and over again. I get it, but it's like, like, you know, I, th I think we're all educated enough to be like, just because we're blood doesn't mean I have to be around you. I get to choose who I want to be around. Right. I think that's a big thing here. Um, you know, I think Vin Diesel has repeatedly said that in some of those car movies, I've never seen those, but, uh, um, <laughs> That, isn't that weird? Like, like I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. When you're, okay with when you're here, your family. <laughs> Olive Garden or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These breadsticks come out fast and furious. <laughs> but uh, so I think, you know. Go watch some of the movies. They're they're ridiculously fun. I just, um, I don't know. I just You got to like, skip to like four or five. Don't watch them. Yeah, I just, I just, I think I, like I kind of want to watch real car stunts. Right. You know, like, like, I still need to watch The French Connection before I watch a Fast and Furious film. You know, I feel like that, I owe that to me or like yeah. Vanishing Point, you know. Oh, but, definitely. Uh, Those yeah. are definitely better movies. But, but that, so I'll say, I think that, like, you know, there's that heart there, which as much as like Thor Ragnarok is, it is really goofy. And the first time I watched it, I came away with being like, is this, is this a little too much? Yeah. Upon review, repeating viewings, I realized what I was going for. And it's, I have enjoyed that film more watching it again. But I, but again, I understand his his sensibility and his storytelling. Your mileage may vary. I completely agree with that. But I do think he has a sense of family, and he, you know, I also think that he honestly gives a shit, which I don't think that's true of like everything that comes out of Hollywood. Right. No, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and this movie has. I mean, I, I don't. Again, I don't want to get give the impression that I do not like what we do in the shadows. I do actually think mm -hmm. the movie is actually quite fun. Yeah. Um, unlike the Ragnarok, which I, I I really did not have fun with at all. Um, so the Dark World was your favorite Marvel movie, right? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> but I don't think what Thor needed uh, as a franchise was to uh, be a uh, sketch comedy. 
right. uh, for uh, two out two and a half hours. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, but no, I mean, like it's um, I, yeah, I don't think I've liked any of the Pulver movies to be honest. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, which is why everybody was like, the Eternals is the worst Marvel movie. I'm like, I don't know. Thor: The Dark World existed, you know. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp existed. Ooh, Gauntlet Throne. What? <laughs> Gauntlet Throne. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's not, uh, you know, I was like, no, but the, the Eternals is nowhere near the worst of the worst of the MCU movies. But um, but no, I mean, like, I, I do like the movie and I do think that it's it's fun. What we do in the shadows, not the Ragnarok. Right. Um, and um, I'm the one asshole who doesn't like the Ragnarok. So I apologize, guys. But, you know, I remember we had so we had Frank and Trace on and they were like, I really like Thor Ragnarok. And I'm right. like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> I'm the only one who doesn't like this movie. Yeah, but I like my, it. My favorite Marvel movie is Thor Ragnarok. Oh, come on, Trace, you're killing me. But um, what we do in the shadows was uh, is it really is a really fun movie, um, and I do enjoy it for that. Uh, I remember I showing it to a couple of friends when it first came out, and they weren't that into it either. But they were like, you know, they, and one of my friends actually put it, and I think he put it perfectly. He's like, I don't, because it's not really laugh out loud funny, but I'm smiling a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, that works. I'm like, I think that you summed it up quite well. That this movie is not so much um, a laugh riot as much as it's it's very charming. And I do appreciate it for that. And I do appreciate it for its 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 sensibilities and it, you know wanting to affectionately parody um, the vampire film. And it has some great stuff. I mean, I do love um, I love random humor. I do feel like that when you make a whole movie out of it, it tends to be a little bit weird, but, um, but I mean, there are parts of this film that like, uh, like their inexplicable love for Stu. Great. Uh, they're just like, we love Stu. And I'm like, this is the best non character I've ever seen. He's just seen. this bland IT guy. Right. It's a very red face that they yeah. keep talking about. It's almost like this ripe tomato of like, we've told ourselves to not eat the tomato. Right. Yeah. We've all agreed we're never going to eat to us. Yeah. Don't eat stew. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they, they, uh, they absolutely, they just absolutely love this guy for no particular reason. Right. Uh, and that's funny. Um, you know, there is, it's, it's a very funny movie. Um, I liked, uh, you know, the buildup to, uh, you know, the beast and his arch nemesis. And it turns right. out it's just this girl he used to hang out with right. you know, um, that broke his heart. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. Or even the part where, like, he realizes that the beast is going to be, you know, the the guest of honor at, at the... <laughs> I, I wanted to say the Dark Carnival for a second. The masquerade. Um, the Dark Carnival, yeah, where all the jugglers <laughs> are. The Dark right. Carnival, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, like, you just see him, like, just, like, literally, like, falling apart, like, after that, you know, and turning yeah. into the old Dracula from the beginning of, you know, Bram Stoker's <laughs> Dracula. Yeah, and, that was funny, yeah. Um, also, we should mention the hallway fight uh, between um, oh, uh, what's his face, uh, Nick, Nick, and uh, uh, Deacon. Deacon. Yeah. How that is very. Um, it, I mean, it's it's very Inception light, but it's a rotating set. Right. That yeah. was really cool. That was a really cool sequence. Like, you know, like yeah. I understand that this thing didn't have the biggest budget, but they had the wherewithal to make that work. And I thought right. that was really solid. You know, like yeah, like, and. Even yeah. then, they throw some good jokes in there, you know, like in the middle of this fight scene. The, stand up on the ceiling and fight me like a man. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, like, when Nick is first learning how to fly and he's just trying to get in the window, right. and they're like, you could use the door. He's like, yeah, but yeah. I could fly now, you know? Like, just, I, you know. I guess originally there was going to be a lot less of Peter in, in this movie, uh, but the uh, makeup 
ended up costing so much that they kept putting him in more scenes. Yeah. Well, I like um, that when Nick's explained to him was like, "Yeah, we don't we don't want to eat our friend because also don't don't tell him to change him a vampire because he's a vegan." Right. And, that, and then you just see Peter consider that for a second, like he right. has to consider, like, "Oh, okay, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think about that," you know, like. Right. So yeah, I just there's there is the you're there, you're right. There are bits in here like I forgot about the bit when Vlad. Um, like lost his confidence and couldn't do animals right. right. And so there's the bit where he's running like there, like there's the that big chase sequence and we see a cat with Jermaine Glitz's face. Right. And yeah. it's like I don't I don't think I laughed out loud, but I was like, well, I'm not sleeping tonight. Like, yeah, that was that was that was one of the scenes where I thought like it was legitimately like you know good horror. Uh, it, it at the same time as being hilarious. Like, I mean, am I watching that Japanese film House right now? Is that- right. Yeah. Um, I see that cat's a witch because only you know witches can open doors. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I think the whole like, oh, this is this like it makes me smile. I think that's a really good way to put this. Yeah, uh, it's an entertaining watch. Uh, Nathaniel, I would implore you though, like I, I'm I'm a bad watcher. I'm I'm a season behind on the actual TV series, but I'm telling you, if you want like they the sharpened, refined, right. like just it's like I I've busted out loud laughing at almost every single episode of what we do in the shadows. Like they're I've heard really I've yeah. heard really good things. I yeah, and it's it's I was I kind of put in the same vein as like uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. Like they take this world and they actually have like the time to like explore it now. Yeah, uh, when you have the the expanded time of a TV series, and you know, I, at first I was as hesitant as anybody on the face of the planet about them making a TV series. I was like, "How are you going to do show. this?" Right, because yeah. it was legitimately like one of my favorite comedies, and I'm like, "This isn't going to this is going to be terrible." And now it's like better than the the movie by like a, a long shot, which is it, it, that that shouldn't make sense. Right, yeah. it shouldn't be possible. Yeah, it's a lot. In of my fun. opinion, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard really good things about the show. I just, I, um, and again, I, I like, I, I like the movie, but I, right. I just never got around I, to. I've never, I've never doubted that you didn't like the movie. Right. 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 There's like, I'm like, I'm not trying to be like that Zella. No. Like, well, you should like it as much as I do. Like, no, right. it's just, no, I, no. We we have a thing here. Like, if somebody, if if one of us, you know is going to suggest a movie and the other one of us is like no i literally have nothing good to say about it we'll say something and we won't do the movie you yeah. know it's yeah, yeah. no um, yeah yeah and if i yeah and i mean I, and i feel comfortable telling you that but like, boy i really hate that movie i don't want to talk about it. like if you were like hey let's talk about thor ragnarok i would have been like no i hate that movie. but right um okay so that, if you guys want me on for thor ragnarok i'll be happy to talk about that <laughs> right, yeah. We're gonna do Thor month once in a Thor month. Uh, Love yeah. and Thunder comes every, out. Every yeah. episode's on a Thursday. We're gonna just go ahead and do it. Anyway. <laughs> right. and then we'll do that. Was it the trial of the Incredible Hulk or whatever it is? Where yeah. Thor yeah. there too. We'll do that. Yep. Uh, probably still the best on screen Thor ever. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> what about Adventures of Babysitting? How about that? That that would be good. That'd be good. Yeah. Take it back, Brad. Now Take you're actually making you it sound like Thor. a possibility. Now yeah. that's, Take that's back what you said about Thor. Right. Um, it was a complete hold on. Um, so, so then let me put this to you, Nathaniel. Like, I mean, in terms of like comedy, like I like, and, and I know you you do like vampire stuff. Is there like, is there a horror comedy that really works for you that you're like, you know, like I I can dig into this. It's it's a lot like you know, it's a lot of fun. And and don't say Saturday the Fourteenth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I actually do like. I like the comedy horror films, like because uh, I think there's there's a distinction to make between horror comedy and comedy horror, right. and um, I know that's pedantic as hell. But 
Um, but like, I really like, say, The Addams Family. Okay. Uh, I really liked. Um, it's not a very good movie, but I really enjoy it. High Spirits with Peter O'Toole and uh, Daryl yeah, Hannah. That's a good one. Um, you know, I uh, I had at one point um, an interest of doing that as a theme of watching some of those films. Um, uh, you know, I do enjoy those. <clears throat> um, and uh, uh, Haunted Honeymoon, uh, Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, but I feel like all of those are comedy first and then you go into horror. Um and uh, and they don't are that interested in the horror. The horror is sort of the concept, but it's, it's not that really, dressing. Yeah. yeah. What about something like the Frighteners that I feel is yeah. okay? Uh, I, yes, I like the Frighteners. I got alive. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, Peter I think, Jackson. I think the Frighteners is a way more approachable still <laughs> yeah. than alive. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah but, you know, the Frighteners. The Frighteners was Peter Jackson's first like studio picture. Yeah, right. and um, and it would be worth talking about, but uh, at some point in an episode. But yeah, it's um. I do like that movie. I did like, um, I like Shaun of the Dead. Okay. I actually thought um, uh, uh, Hot Fuzz was better. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun, too. Yeah. You, well, you, have a, you have a particular uh, soft spot for Demon Knight, if I recall. I do. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that that's kind of like not 50 50, but I'd say 40 60 of like horror and comedy. comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of comedy in that one. Yeah. And um, that Billy Zane's a very attractive man. So I, I get it. I understand. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah. I mean, he is. I, he is. That's not a lie. Yeah, particularly yeah. in that film. Right. Um, I would throw a bunch of children out of a lifeboat to save him. Yeah. Right. As it's Billy Zane. Yeah. I have a child. I have a child. Get, get out of here, Kathy Bates. He's, we're taking him. Yeah. That yeah. matter than a Jack Hare in a trench coat. You are the unsinkable Molly Brown. That means you'll be okay. Let's just look, get right. look, Molly. You're fine. All right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, so like like i think you know i think maybe you know so it's, it's it's one of those things it's like you it's almost like um where all of us have our individual preferences where something works or it doesn't and we can't always put our finger on why yeah but i'm not saying that you didn't like you're, you're right what we do in the shadows like when i came back to revisit this i was expecting to kind of like have that like you know like oh i love this movie which i did mm-hmm. and i do mm-hmm. it's just you know seeing it now after especially years later and other right. things kind of like aping what it was successful at and then also having the tv series both of them maybe maybe kind of dimmed that a little right. bit for me that doesn't mean i still can't appreciate that it's almost like you know like you you get into a band and you you love their first album but then they start right. seeing stuff and you go back to the first album you're like yeah but it isn't as good as their later stuff you know right. You know, I think that's maybe kind of where I'm at with that, where I did enjoy it too, but I didn't. There's a couple bits here and there that I completely forgot about. So it caught me off guard, and made me laugh for sure. But, you know, there's bits and like for the most part, I'm like, I knew the beats, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. I remember yeah. I had forgotten aspects of it too. Like I had forgotten Jackie was even in it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I had forgotten some of those things. Uh, Although that's a good payoff for the Jackie thing because the, when she sees him at the uh, the masquerade and like, he doesn't recognize her for a second, like her, his own familiar. Yeah, <laughs> but like, also the too, there's that nice camera turn of of the friend and the one zombie, where you see everybody dancing, and this turns, you just see the two of them dancing. Right. The reflections are not showing it. That's <laughs> fun. That's a really yeah. fun reveal. 
Um, you know, right. I, I thought that, and also the one zombie is like, yeah, everybody was expected to be like, and he's trying to apologize for his friends. Right. They're all, <laughs> like they're all just moaning. Yeah. Like the same thing with the werewolves, where like, no, it's like you you forgot your combination, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is like, well, I lost yeah. the key last time. <laughs> the whole thing is like, you gotta wear your Sleer's track pitch. You right. know how big you get. You know, like the yeah, the biggest thing. the biggest werewolf. Of laugh for me is always like the dude with like trying to chain himself to the tiny tiny tree. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you know, you you know that's not going to do anything. But right. like, Chris Darby is so like serious the entire time about everything. Right. Um, which I don't know. Uh, I'm sure Sam, you've seen this. I don't know if they knew, when they did the revival of the X Files. Um, yeah, that's the only episode I liked. Yeah, it was uh, was it uh, Fox and Scully versus the Were Monster? Right. Riz Darby was like the lizard that got bit by a human, so he became mm-hmm. a human during the full moon. <laughs> right. <laughs> that that was such a fun episode of him, yep. you know, just being like the Were Human. Like I don't know how yeah. to describe it. It's a delight. So yeah, like um, I there like I know that there was talk about a sequel documentary called Werewolves. Right. I don't. I don't, I don't I know if it's not going to happen that now, yeah. but um, but I like the idea that it was going to follow them and it was instead of right. calling it werewolves, it's like werewolves. I thought that yep. would be a funny, funny idea. But there's werewolves in the series and yep. one of them may get distracted by a chew toy. We'll just throw that out there. So, right. yeah. <laughs> well, now he's on that pirate show, which is also really good. I, I, well, but has Taika Waititi, so we don't know if the right. fans watch it or not because I don't know. <laughs> well, like, okay. We'll see. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he feels attacked i'm sorry this is your show and i keep talking i keep talking so much uh, uh, i uh no i i like taiki with tv fine <laughs> just go uh, check out jojo rabbit i promise if, if I, you're I, listening come on the show you know I, pro- I promise that you talk about how maybe some of the emotional like through lines aren't there for you mm-hmm. you should check that film out because yeah, jojo it, jojo really hits oh yeah. gosh because it, it starts off like he does a good job of making you just 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 cackle and then you know when things start hitting hard you're like oh mm-hmm. god this is bad because right. oh yeah nazi this Germany. Is, right but okay. yeah yeah it's 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 a wonderful film it, it it knows how to use his pacing well to take that turn at the at just the right speed too yeah so i think he's developed as a storyteller as well but i know this was directed by uh jermaine Clint, which mm-hmm. i again i'm not seeing fly of the concords i did see eagle versus shark which I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have seen that or not. That was one yeah. of the other films. There, there's a gag in there involving candles and uh, 9-11. That's <laughs> one, of, one of the the best worst jokes I've ever seen in a film. And it's, uh, I forgot yeah. about that. Oh, <laughs> well, the only the only flight of the Concords thing I really remember was the um, actually the music. I remember I actually like some of their songs, but um, when they they the most beautiful girl in the room uh, is a very depending fun- on the room. Depending on the room, uh, is uh, is like it's it's Heather Graham, who's one of the most beautiful women in like, history. But they's like you know, uh, you so you're so beautiful, you could probably be a part time model, right. uh, but you'd have to keep your regular job. You could uh, be an airline hostess. Yeah, in the, the airline hostess in the sixties. Uh, there's a specific, specific right. in the sixties when they were hot. Yeah. Um, yeah um, but no, I mean that was like, like we are robots, you know. Uh, right. You know, there's some very funny songs. Hip hop epotamus uh, is very funny, but uh, and I, but again, I feel like um, maybe maybe I'd really do prefer Jermaine Clements to yeah. To that's what brought me to the table here. I mean, but that's you know. fair. I mean, also if you've not watched, I, I still need to finish. Like, there's only three seasons, but there was that show on FX. Um, oh, uh, Legion. 
Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, well, I, I, that show was great until the ending. The ending. Well, oh, well, thanks for the spoiler. I'm kidding. I, I, I need, but Jermaine Clements, he's an interesting character in that too. I thought he was really cool. And it kept getting weirder and weirder. So thank you. Well, maybe I will watch it. No, I'm kidding. I watched the first season. I dug right. it. I just need to get back to it. Yes. But also his, uh, his uh, brief part as uh, the, the, the gas cloud known as fart and uh, Rick Hardy. <laughs> right. And what was the name of the song? Uh, Diamonds in your eyes or whatever. Yeah. Or the David Bowie type song. It was right. so much fun. He's like, Oh, fart. I like that name. He's like, I don't think yeah. you want that as a name. Yeah. <laughs> I am, as you say, Jessica's feet. <laughs> <laughs> so no i i thank you like uh, this was a, a fun film to come back to right. especially since we've been digging into uh the, the series uh, it's something i watch with my wife and it's just for, something that's serialized is hard for us to both sit down and watch because she's not a big like serialized person right like it's more like you know if we could watch like a thing and just move on as opposed to remember what happened previously yeah right sometimes that's um, a hard sell so that's the one thing we watched together. So yeah, it was good to come back to the original to to remember why um, I was excited for the TV series. Right. Well, anybody got anything else, or? Uh, no, I I think I've I've said enough mean things about taking. <laughs> uh, no, I don't I, think uh, you were. I mean love. I love. I I I I I'm sure he's a wonderful man, and um, and uh, I, and. If nothing else all of his films are have a sense of fun and frivolity to them mm-hmm. and um and that's and that movie and that this movie has a lot of fun uh it's it's very much a you know it, it, this is this is final tap right for vampires and this uh, this is a comfort comedy for me i yeah this is one of those ones i can turn on whenever i just don't know what to watch and i want to watch oh, a comedy that's a good yeah. call yeah yep. yeah that is a good call but yeah, I think that's uh, that would be my final thought. Um, I uh, you know I do I I, I think it's a little, it's a lot of fun, and I think it's very funny, and I, I do enjoy that, and I enjoy it for its uh, uh, parody aspects and, and its understanding of the of the genre the subgenre, and right. that's that's a lot of fun, and I think the cast is great. I think they all do a wonderful job. Um, it's just it doesn't quite have what I what I need from movies i think mm-hmm. yeah I'd say, I'd say you know if you haven't seen it give it a watch um you know it's especially keeping in mind how it plays around with you know the tropes and you know the uh the different aspects of vampire lore and different kinds of vampires it's it it can be a lot of fun to just watch you know it's they're not easter eggs because they're built right into the plot but just mm-hmm. like all the little jokes you can tell that they they sat around and go well what if this kind of vampire did this you know or etc like like they literally call out the lost boys with the right the biscotti thing do you like biscotti (laughs) yeah Yeah. have some biscotti yeah no i I think this is a lot of fun i also think this is a fun little gateway film for people that Mm -hmm. might be on the like um i don't like horror movies whatever it's like to show them this and it's like yeah there's there's some gruesome bits like like they don't shy away from the blood but it's a vampire film like you need to show like you know, like especially the first time we see uh, uh, Vigo, um, not Vigo, Viago, Viago, you know, yeah, Vigo, Vigo. Vigo. But the buzzings of flies. Dude. Yeah, when we see him try to like take the one girl out, he's like, "Oh, I want to at least make her last moments be okay," and then it just right. becomes like this, just this massacre by accident. It's right. like almost like it's almost like a kid in Double Dare trying to like yeah. 
catch everything that's going on. Like you almost and his expect, reaction like, is priceless as well because he's just like, yeah. oh shit. Yeah, like you almost expect Mark Summers to come out and be like, right. bur, bur. you didn't you failed that, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so yeah. <laughs> It just it's like i hope she had a good time it's like i don't know i think the last 30 to 45 seconds of her life were just pure terror because right. you know or, um, or even before that when like she's telling them about her about her plans like, and he's he's like kind of sad because he realizes like oh you're never going to go anywhere right. but i did just lay out these newspapers and these towels right. <laughs> so i think this is a good little gateway kind of film in a lot of ways where it's like you can feel you can feel safe like to watch it and like be like i don't like scary movies whatever it's like well check this one out it, it might it may spark your interest right like um this is this is a fun little crowd pleaser because it doesn't it it takes itself seriously at the right times but it knows to take the piss out of whatever you know like right it's made with love right and oh, yeah. i'd i'd almost say this is a good companion piece to shot the dead this almost mm -hmm. be a, a fun double feature in I a lot so. of ways yeah so yeah. yeah so yeah it was fun to revisit uh, Paul, want to tell us again where we can find you and your uh, oh, your dear Lord. Yeah, um, I, I know we talked about the Twilight Zone for seven hours before we started <laughs> talking about the film. Uh, you guys can find uh, Steve and myself on Evasion the Podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, I think. I mean, we the RSS feeds out there, uh, you know, I, I was going to say, like, you know, Apple Podcasts. That may not be, like, they keep changing how you find podcasts. You know, like, yeah. um, just look, like, we're on Stitcher, Podbean. Um, they just go to Google, type in Evasion the Podcast. Um, we're you you guys are gonna cringe at this. We're covering um the Netflix series The Pentaveret uh this week. Oh, the Mike Myers one. Yeah, because I was just like, why not? It's six episodes. We'll see what this is his first like like actual project in years. So yeah, let's right. see how it goes. How is it? Uh, we've watched I've watched the first two episodes last night, mm -hmm. and it's it's very self-indulgent for Mike Myers. Uh, but there are one or two jokes that are actually decent. So mm. that's kind of where I'm thinking the whole thing's going to go, <laughs> you know, right. where it's like, it's like the guy isn't, he, he, he's not, not funny, but there's times where it's like, calm down. And when he right. plays 95% of the cast, it gets to be like, okay, calm oh. down. I know we all said you're the next Peter Sellers. You don't have to be that, right. you know, like you can do your own thing. This isn't, you know, the clumps. You don't have to yeah, do it. Everything, whatever. Say, it didn't work for Eddie Murphy. I don't know. Yeah. Why. But, but it's funny. Cause like I mean, he doesn't, he does a decent enough job, at least, you know, like having a different voice for each character and the makeup right. works pretty well. So I'm two episodes in, it's only six on Netflix. We're going to cover that next week. Uh, you guys can check us out there. And then the week after, I, I believe we're covering the thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, mm -hmm. which you guys have already covered here on the show. Are uh, you guys doing uh, vampires or no? Um, I don't recall. Like we, I was, we're doing our year of Carpenter, so we're doing one film a month. So mm -hmm. it's hard to try to cram everything in. Um, I know. That sounds I, like a no to me. I, well, I can't remember. <laughs> I know I made it a point to put Memoirs of Invisible Man in there because right. like I've not seen that in forever and I want to get to it. But um, I don't know. I know we're doing it in the mouth of madness. I know we're getting like nice. the second half. Uh, I know you're all curious if we're covering the ward. We're not doing that. Right. Oh. Um, I, I made a joke when you said when you said you were doing John Carpenter. I made a joke that uh, uh, it wasn't a joke that um, if I if you do not have me on for in the mouth of madness, I will never speak to you again. Okay, well, so I guess I got a few months left of you talking to me. I'm just kidding. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, so we'll figure that out when we get there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Remind me. We'll have you on. Absolutely. Okay. Right. The more the merrier, right? So, that yeah, check that out. Um, we just recently covered um, The Fog, 
uh, which is a film I had never seen before. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, well, that's the whole point of the whole thing is like Steve and myself, his favorite film of one of his favorite films of all time is the original Halloween. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite films of all time is the thing. But we both realized that like, I thought you were going to say Halloween Resurrections. Yeah, no. Um, one of my favorite films of all time is Escape from L.A. No, uh, but no, it's just... Uh, <laughs> no, my point is, is that like we, we, we're we both... like One of our foundational films is Carpenter. Right. And yeah. then we realized that like um, we've not seen the breadth of his work. Mm, so right. like, we should probably correct that and kind of go through it, right? Like yeah. we covered a solo Precinct 13. I had never seen that before. That's a cool I love, movie. I love that. That's movie. a really yeah. cool movie. Yeah. yeah. The Fog was good. I just, you know, it had, you know, it's... It has its thing. I, I feel like I, I should like the fog a lot more than I do. Me yeah. too, but like I like the yeah. fog, but like everybody I know is like like just like oh my god, the fog's great. Yeah. I'm like it's so not. Like, no, no I, I think I made the joke on the episode that I felt like whenever um Adrian the fog is my type of YTT. Yeah, no, when she's yelling about where the fog's going, it reminded me of the Simpsons with um the flu clouds. <laughs> yeah. Where like they're like going to the stoplights and waiting right. and around yeah. it. Like that's I feel like, well, the Simpsons ruined the fog for me. But uh right. yeah, that's what we're doing there. And then also Strange Highways, where we're watching the Twilight Zone uh in sequence. Uh uh spoiler, the majority of the 80s stuff can be located if you just Google it, you can find it on YouTube and stuff. Right. Um and then the the most recent segment we're getting into is season one. Uh, episode seven, segment A, called "Teachers Aid," that has Adrian Barbeau as the lead in that. Um, it's weird, um, and it's not particularly great, but it has Adrian Barbeau, and yeah. so there. And also, one of the cast members turns out it might now be like the head of Paramount. It gets uh-huh. really, yeah. He plays like a like a twelfth grader in this. So I'm like, well, mm-hmm. all right, well, you're already part of CBS then, so nowhere right. to go but up. So yeah, you guys also did the uh, the creep show series too. That, we, well, like we covered episodes. the most recent season, because, right. uh, which you know that's very hit or miss too. Oh yeah, yeah. Where it's like I I thought there would be more um, hits and misses, and I was wrong about that. Well, especially um, this latest season, I feel like there's a lot more misses than hits. What was, but... what was that segment about? Like the guy that had like the prop like thing on Hollywood or whatever it was, the skele- skeletons in the closet. That's right. one of the worst pieces um, of anything I've ever seen in my goddamn life. I, I I actually wrote out, but I didn't mail an apology to Ernie Clyde after watching that episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, no, 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 no. That, that was that was that was bad. But I feel like that whoever like they're cousins. I'm kidding. Right. But um, yeah. yeah, check that out too. That's me promoting everything. But yeah, like we're getting into Twilight Zone. Go check that out. And then also Invasion stuff. So, but thank you guys. I know I've talked too much on this episode. That's what I do. So well, that's why we like, well, that's why we like having you. Because yeah. you're like, I don't have to talk so much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been reading, I've been reading a book all this whole time. Yeah. I've, I've well, finished I mean, it up. I've been watching camp. you guys on camera and Nathaniel actually did the entire sweater. The entire right. time. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Even though it's hot out, he's like, yeah. it's not going to be hot eventually. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, by the time you're done talking, it'll be cool out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. No, we love we love having you on. Yeah, it's always 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 a blast to have you on, and uh, and we like co- collaborating with you. We like collaborating with Stephen and Terry. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. With that. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right so with that we'll say uh, as usual thank you for watching uh thank you for listening we're not you're not watching us um, with your mind with yes. your mind in your mind uh i i hope i am taller and have more hair um and uh but thank you very much for listening uh we uh we remind you to love yourself love your fellow horror fans uh keep it positive keep it constructive it's uh it's things are bad and uh they ain't getting any better and so uh the only chance we have is to be nice to one another um and uh so 
Thank you very much. Good night and namaste. Thank you.